Welcome into The Son of a Batch, where my 54-year-old mother and my 21-year-old self analyze weekly episodes of The Bachelorette with spunk, humor, and multi-generational insight. I'm a Bachelor newbie, and my mom is Bachelor obsessed. That makes me The Son of a Batch. Let's go. I'm not the kind of girl you bring home to mama. If my mama loves me, then why you say can't I'm not yours? the kind of girl you bring home to mama. If my mama loves me, then why can't yours? Say I'm not the kind of girl. So, mom, this was the first time we got to watch an episode together in a oh, long gosh. time, and Fun. right now we are sitting face to face. This is definitely just this is new <laughs> for us. Uh, it was a fun episode. I enjoyed it. Uh, and it was nice to be able to sit next to you and, and hash it out. But now I'm worried that we have too many similar takes. So we do have. Yeah, we were uh, high fiving way too many times. It's true. It's true. Uh, but let's start with how we start all these things. Mom, what was your episode title? Spicy Dates and Real Conversations. Mm. It wasn't very clever. Mm. No. <laughs> Not your best work, I'll be honest. Um, all right, I'm going to hit my 30 second recap. You ready to go? I am ready to go. One, two, three. Taisha begins this week with a group date where seven tone-deaf nightmares write love songs to compete for her time. Despite the originality of Demar's mocha latte, Ivan steals the show by bringing Taisha clo- close for a heartfelt serenade. Ivan and Taisha enjoy a game night and room surface before a poolside chat turns Ivan from a dark horse to a frontrunner. The next group date includes foreign foods, autographed asses, and awful orgasms. Yes, you heard me right. At the after party, Zach steals the hot tub time and ultimately the rose while Kenny waffles on a softball question about meeting the parents. Ben and Ed both decide to surprise Taisha at her villa. While Ed falls into a classic Harrison trap, Ben finds his way back into her good graces. Finally, Noah blows up the cocktail party and sends some angry housemates back to quarantine. 35 wow. seconds. I wrote too much for that one. That was a long one. <laughs> Um, but now that that's over, I'm glad that because you and I were watching this one together and, uh, we tend to have very similar opinions on this. I'm happy to introduce that we have a special guest, uh, David Gomez. Hello. Hello. Hello, Bachelor Nation. So David, you, uh, texted me earlier and said that you're a, a trash TV expert. Would you, would, would you consider that accurate? Yeah. I'd also call myself, um, a a scholar and a gentleman when it comes to, (laughs) To, to garbage and or I also love taking things um, overly seriously, especially if they have no merit. I, I'm very equal opportunity. I, this is a democracy. Let's treat every show like it's worth analyzing. Well, you're really at the right place because I think I, I guess I can't speak for you, mom, but I sure as hell don't take this show at face value. Um, but yeah, we still get into it every week and we get into heated debates. So I'm glad to I'm glad to have you here and have some uh, some insight on that as well. And I Wait. think. I'm kind of reflecting that we talked about having you on our podcast in New York about, oh my goodness, we were at a bar in New York. It was after Kaylee's show. show, Yeah. So so this has been percolating for a while. So we're pretty excited to have you here. Oh, absolutely. And in my imagination, we are like still in that like boozy pub. This is like nostalgia, like a fantasy for me. So I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, we're thrilled to have you. (laughs) So have you been, I I know you've watched a lot of previous Bachelorette seasons, but have you been watching any of did you see any of the Claire Crawley have you seen any other Tasha episodes or was was uh last night your first exposure to this crazy season I jumped into the lake cold and it was kind of like I that like moment of jumping into the lake you're like oh there's all you know it's like it's a rush of adrenaline to the body and you're a little <laughs> sometimes confused um but I will say I knew Tasha from Bachelor's Paradise um which was again so trashy I had to see it um and right. Some of her friends that showed up, <laughs> friends in quotes, I don't believe they've ever met before, but um, the other women that appeared to sort of cheer her on, I recognized them from, I think, maybe uh, from maybe, yeah, Bachelor in Paradise. So I went in cold and I was, yeah, it was like meeting an old friend. It was, it was it, it, in many ways the same, in many ways very different. <laughs> so I, I think that's actually a good thing that you came in cold because then you don't have all these preconceived notions and... Um, all these ideas that we have been spouting all season to build off of. You just have all of what you saw last night. So on that note, first impressions on the episode, what did you think? How does this compare to other bachelorette episodes you've seen seasons? What do you think? Oh, wow. I'm going to rate it at like a, a 3.5 to four. Like I did find it entertaining. And what I appreciate about all reality TV is its ability to sort of like, like, take on genres like Halloween costumes, but in a really non-committed way. 
Like we have soap opera, we have fear factor references, and we have like a nuanced discussion on maybe not, yeah, like maybe a first for ABC, like re- like actually saying Black Lives Matter on an episode. That again, that was wild to me. Really, really stirring and interesting. And it's it's almost a show that doesn't know what it wants to be. And that's, I think, part of the fun of people like us getting to overthink it. Well, and I think, I think the cool part is, is that 2020, I, we would have never seen what we saw last night if 2020 hadn't happened and Black Lives Matter has become, you know, a big, a much more recognized thing. And I think the franchise was forced to really look at their diversity and, and fix that up. And last night was magic in that in that way, because it was so refreshing to see people have real conversations. And Taisha dug into real conversations in episode three. That never happens. They never get deep until the very end of the season. So that was kind of cool too. And then, so I'm going to jump into the first part of the date. So we, David, you're also a pretty accomplished composer. So I think this is the perfect um, (laughs) episode for you to be on because the first date challenge was for seven gentlemen to write a love song for Tasha. Yes, I feel like the Simon Cowell of um, this uh, panel. I took really copious notes. I have some, yeah, some strong opinions about who has star quality or Mm. musical potential. So yeah, uh, th- that is perfect there, because I saw no star potential. I was about to say there was there was musical quality there. I wow, I don't think we were watching the same episode. I think one of the fun things was though. I don't usually when they have a challenge like this, there's an actual person who can sing. I kept waiting for somebody to just actually be able to sing, and that was not the case. So it that really made it great because they were all on a level playing field. And I've seen episodes where, but also like Disney and ABC, and especially Disney on Broadway, leans into The Bachelor sometimes. Like, I recall there was a season they all had to do like eight bars of A Whole New World, you know? Um, and I always think that's kind of fun. But yeah, like, they were left on their own with a strange assortment of instruments, I should also <laughs> know. I do, I do have to say that the accordion was my my favorite. That was hilarious. Yeah, they mo- <laughs> I mean, his, his move must have just been like, include as many instruments as possible to make it funnier but right i i, I think that backfired quite a bit for me <laughs> or, or like the the producers i always imagine their heavy hand being like she loves right. the accordion her father played it like like who are the people <laughs> being like you know and she really demands you play and i would say like who who led them down that path you know yeah yeah well and I, also i had some higher not high hopes but i thought kenny the the guy with the tattoos uh the boy band manager i thought maybe being around music as much as he was that he'd have a little bit more prowess at that and wow was i wrong yeah he was one of the worst (laughs) i even wondered say you're the manager of a boy band right also i did some investigative discovery after uh during a commercial break the boy band he manages is a boy cover band not oh. an original band. And it's called Boy Band Night. Like you can like, they'll play your wedding or your bar mitzvah and do like in sync hits. So that's the oh. level of management that we're working with. But yeah, because I, 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 I was like, wouldn't there be some cut song from your band that you could even pretend you just made it up? Right. So he's like the Kroger brand boy band manager. Yes. So which explains (laughs) why he had no material because he, yeah. I love that you researched that. That is awesome. We, we we definitely have not dug deep deep. at all. Yeah. (laughs) So obviously Tasha comes out of that and picks Ivan um, for his, for bringing her close and giving her kind of a heartfelt rap. If you were in her shoes, who are you picking out of this group? Who I do to say, as a songwriter, I do think that um, Mocha Latte, I do agree mm. with you. It had, it had a hook. It had an idea. Um, yeah. And also, I have to ask you guys, there was a rhyme, Mocha Latte with JPJ. That um, led me to I, research. I, I thought P- that as well. I don't know what that was. So JPJ is the guy that was on Paradise with Tasha, uh, John Paul Jones. Got it. So it's honestly like he was coming up with like fanfic specific. It was rhyming about the Bachelorette franchise. So it was like very on brand. 
And um, I would have definitely rewarded him for his artistry. And if I were <laughs> Dimar, is it Dimar? Dimar? Mm-hmm. Dimar, Dimar, yeah. yeah. If I was Dimar, I would have already had that on iTunes ready to go for this episode. <laughs> I agree. Like, Didn't they refer to it later? Or not? I think they did, but he's a fool for not having it for a dollar. I would have bought that. I would have bought that today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I see. That's what I, I agree. I think he had probably the best, um, the best musical composition. But I think the fact that she didn't pick him is indicative of that she might just not be attracted to him or or whatever. Just a lack of a connection between her and him. Because I, I agree. I would I would have picked him as well. But so I think as a female representing the group here for a moment. <laughs> um, they were all pretty bad and so i even pulled out the the move he brought her up on stage he sang right to her face um and that that really meant something to her because they were he was involving her in the process and so it didn't matter what came out of his mouth Hmm. yeah that's fair and she seems to like big gestures. That's something I've been gleaning from the boys. Yes. She likes big gestures. She wants you to show up. They seem to be like each planning a promposal for her, you know, in order to get her attention in some way. Yeah. And you know what? It took them quite a bit of time to, uh, to learn that. I still think some of them haven't quite understood that yet, but uh, yeah, that's definitely the, the key. That's all you have to do. Jump over a fence as, as you didn't get to see last episode, but all that drama to do with Noah, uh, he, jumped over a fence to join a great or a date party, a group date that, and then he earned a rose in time with her and whatnot. So that's where all the, the drama that was stewing started. So David, I have to, because Luke and I do disagree on this particular individual. I think I, I don't know what to do with this individual, but I want to get your first impressions of Bennett. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so Bennett seems really eager to tell me that he's from Harvard. Like if, if I was at a cocktail party and Bennett was there, I would run to the other corner and hide behind a bush. Um, I also noted he rhymed Brie Paris. Uh, like Perry and his uh, rap, yeah. and he tried to rhyme Tejo with Mecha, and that's a no for me. Like based on, <laughs> and again, I know I've been tough on, I've been tough on the songwriting, but his personality to me is, even in his rap, he seems to be like, I can offer you like what, like a a, a low budget cheese plate. Like he seems to be, um, a, very pompous is my first impression on Ben. Yes, dead on. I think I think she called him bougie. Um, he, he is so pompous. So so Luke knows that that is like a real big no for me. And I, I liked him for about 10 seconds, but I will say that some of his uh, one-liners that he does are pretty damn funny. So he, he is kind of funny. I, the fact that you gleaned that he was from Harvard is, um, it can't be understated how much that has been said. The first night he came in and said he drops H-bombs on people all the time and meaning... He does not call it that. He calls it the H-bomb. He does. So I call him Mr. H-bomb. Yeah. I, so just to, just to be clear about what the disagreement is here, I don't like him, but because I knew from the second I saw him that who he was and what he was, I think he's funny. I think he's a fun like addition to the group just to be kind of a meme, you know? He is a meme. He's definitely a meme. And I think if I back up... I think if I was going to change my title, mm. I would call, I would say our dark horse just turned into a stallion. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I like that. So, so Luke and I were talking about Ivan because Ivan was this shy kind of, the cameras didn't love him at the beginning of the show. And now he, he is just turning into the stallion of the group. So. Well, and he's also going to, even if he, uh, let's imagine that maybe even he's like a bit cynical and like knows how to play it, right? He say he's got like a reality show game going in addition to romantic game. I think that ultimately um, when the show pivoted away from Claire, and I know there's been a lot of like QAnon conspiracies about who was where and what was, you know, I do think that he must have watched the show and maybe known exactly who Tasia was and what she was about and like thought that, you know, that he'd have more in common with her, either in an authentic way or as a player of a game, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it, I don't know if it's research like you were saying or if it was just love at first sight type thing. I don't know, but definitely these, they even reference it in the show in that episode. The second she walked in, he did a total 180. Before that, 
we always joked about how one dimensional of a character he was because all I ever talked about was chess and how he plays chess all the time. And we were like, okay, buddy, that's not going to win over. Anybody. <laughs> um, and yeah, now he's, he's this deep, mysterious kind of sensual guy. Like, I don't know how it happened, but yeah, he is, he definitely, Taisha definitely did something for him. Definitely. So he gets the one-on-one date. So I have to ask you to, if that would be a fun date for you where they did all the games and all of that kind of thing. I want to get, I want to, I have a very strong impression of that date, but I want to get your impression of it. Um, I'll go first. I do have to say this led me towards some investigative research because I thought the premise of the date with the games and the twisters, like, unless it's like, like sensual twister for me, like that's a, a hard no. Like I would not have enjoyed that. <laughs> Agreed. But, but I became suspicious when she said, oh, we have to play Don't Touch the Floor, which you'll note, Netflix came out with the show literally premised Don't Touch the Floor. And mm. new on ABC's lineup this season is a show called Don't, in which the characters play a game called Don't Touch the Floor. So I was watching the gate date wondering, did ABC force them to accidentally promote or to forcefully promote those like crazy oh wacko gosh. game shows? That's less, where my brain goes. That's where my brain goes. David, less research necessary. Yes. I could, this episode in general, this uh, <laughs> one-on-one date more than most, right? I, I am not afraid to talk about the potential of producer influence on, on the show, but this date more than most felt like that was supposed to seem spontaneous, right? Oh, okay. Let's go play the floor is lava and you have to go get to the phone come on that was planned and then and then they have a specific setup a specific spot where they're supposed to go out there and get deep and talk about their feelings i was like okay so yeah. so this is where i like to play the the naive card because mm. i still like to believe that the show is pure and that this is just uh you know organic I would have loved that date, except for Twister. I'm with David on that. In fact, I remember, I don't know why this was making me laugh today. Um, We had a party in our dorm when I was a sophomore and somebody had the idea of playing Twister. And one of my good friends said, I brought the Crisco oil. And that makes me laugh every time I think of Twister. Um, (laughs) But I loved the vibe of the date even if it was overproduced i just like the idea of sitting there drinking wine playing some games i i would definitely be down with that huge thing of ice cream Mm. all over that that was obscenely large yeah obscenely (laughs) now i do agree with you luke on the pillows though that was very produced how the pillows just came falling out of the pillows i mean i regardless of whether or not it was producer oriented to answer your question i would have love that date i'm with you i think that would have been a blast because you know i like games but i also think it's fun to especially when you're first getting to know somebody in like a romantic sense to do some sort of competition because Mm -hmm. that kind of brings out a a little bit it lets the guards down a little bit because it makes you kind of talk trash to each other and i don't know it adds an element of um friction if you will i don't know uh so i think that's great and also i think twister is a super easy way to like I, I, yeah, I hear your criticism, David, but to like get intimate without that's kind of like expected, right? You're obviously supposed to fall over and fall on top of each other or whatever, stuff like that. So I think I overall, I was all about it. <laughs> and maybe modern romance is shifting, like, think about <laughs> it because in the era of COVID dating, if you don't have like a SAG contract to protect you from like, you know, um, contracting a a virus, even if you do date someone, you're going to be stuck with them in the living room. Maybe a good first date is figuring out what games you will want to play while stuck with each other after the show, (laughs) because it's not like you're going to have a lot of freedom of movement. What are you like? There's no engagement party. Like your wedding's on zoom, you know, maybe we're seeing, Bottom room gets shipped. Maybe maybe the Grinch's small heart over here um, can relate to, um, yeah, needing to cozy up with someone or see if you can cozy up. Maybe that's maybe that's some good advice. Well, and from that perspective, I think the show has really been struggling. <clears throat> and if you've seen other episodes, I'm sure uh, this was like the dates were probably super uh, underwhelming, if you will, because 
I think they're, you know, they're stuck in a bubble. So they're kind of running out of ideas here and they're trying to get creative. But yeah, from that perspective, yeah, I think COVID kind of forced that. Yeah. And then even though I know you guys both talked about that their, you know, their conversation probably was forced. I do think all that gameplay really takes your fences down and you, you are, you have a little more comfort with each other. And I have to say that the conversation that they had was pretty magical. I thought it was really good. And it wasn't the, Luke gets really mad about this, where it's like this big bomb drop. Oh, I have to tell you this big secret. It didn't feel like that. It felt more natural. And then I think Ivan also caught her off guard a little bit. I think she even caught herself off guard too. Like there was almost a moment where I saw her kind of like pause. It was almost like a Meryl Streep kind of thing. And she was like, am I really about to do this? Like, am I really going to talk about what I really think about uh, um, America's reckoning with race on ABC for like everyone and their mother to talk about? I saw her hesitate a little bit and then she even went past it. And he had kind of been, you know, he created the space for her to feel vulnerable, you know, and, uh, Mm -hmm. or authentically seen and heard. And I do think, it's hard to take that. I, I don't believe any of that was um, for show. I don't either. I think like when she said, like, you just caught me off guard with the Black Lives Matter because, you know, you're and I think she kind of mentioned it that, you know, you're trying to just fit in and be normal and not be different. And then that really, you know, has has caught her by surprise and then really makes you start to think about it and. I really loved, I love the vulnerable moment. And I think the cool part about the vulnerable moment is that she didn't know how to feel and she didn't have it planned. And it was just, as you said, very authentic. And I also think that specifically with, um, um, with women of color on reality TV, it is not, that's not a very comfortable marriage in terms of genre, especially if you put all of those things in the same bucket like the way this show and the Black Bachelorettes have had to navigate identity politics and respectability politics from like the amount of chess, I think, that you have to do when you're a person of color on a reality show in order to control your narrative and in order to control not being perceived as angry or crazy or caricatured. Yes. She's used yeah. to that amount of, uh, honestly, <laughs> they're both chess players in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, but she didn't realize that maybe she could stop playing for a moment, you know, and just to, like um, be frank. And they they allude to her being from um, oh um, Orange County, right? Like she lived her whole life there. Is that yeah. is that yeah. right? Yeah. So that's interesting too. It is. It is. Um, yeah, and and I think the other thing to keep in mind is that the the audience of this show is very white. Um, you know, I think it's predominantly white women that watch it. So I think this just was such a great moment for everybody to get to watch. Yeah, and definitely on their own terms, too. And I, it, it ultimately raises another question that, like, if they got, like, in a, in a dream world, if every casting of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette from here on out was, say, as uh, diverse and varied as, like, a, a, a Disney teen show... Um, how many more interesting conversations would be caught on camera? Like how many conversations have we lost and missed just because of, um, yeah, casting choices, centering hot white dudes or et cetera, white Instagram influencers, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That also makes me think is the, the bachelor that's coming up. I forget his name, but is he also the first black bachelor? He is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, No, we talked about that last episode. What am I saying? Yeah. Yeah. So they've already announced that. They yes. ha- they're already taping it right now. It's starting in January, so we're gonna have a quick turnaround here between Bachelorette and Bachelor, which yeah. So you, so we're we're gonna need you. We're gonna need oh, you wow. later. We're gonna need <laughs> you in January. <laughs> they keep us on our toes, don't they? they keep us <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the the next piece of this is the guys that didn't get the one on one get to come back and participate in the um, the crazy different kinds of dates um shouting orgasms <laughs> across the entire hotel mm, the mm. uh drinking disgusting smoothies we had uh habaneros you had to get chris harrison to sign your 
butt cheek. Oh, and you had to get Chris Harrison to sign your butt cheek. Mm-hmm. So, so I, again, I think this kind of shows a side of Tasha because her two friends, Becca and Sydney ran it. And I think she's, I think she's fun. And I, I think David, do I remember that on bachelor in paradise? She was just fun. She was, she was willing to do whatever, play a pretend prom do, you know, she, she was kind of light and airy. And so I really like that watching the three of those women giggle as the guys do, did all the different things. I thought it was a fun date, but what did you guys think? I, I, I thought it was as good as they can do there. Um, I don't know if we're on a five point scale, I'd probably give it like a three um, more so just because of how the guys stepped up to it. I was kind of underwhelmed by their, uh, I would agree with that, their performances there, but like with the, when they were drinking the elixirs for her or whatever, I would have looked over and been like, Tasha, this one's for you. And like downed it in a second, seen some guy do one of those, you know, down a beer in like 0.5 seconds, like one of those style things. Or also the orgasms were just, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time talking about that with you, mom, but um, they were, (laughs) They were just not well done in any facet. Well, and what was Blake doing? That was, yeah. I don't know what was happening. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I will say the phrase group date as someone new to bachelor nation, uh, a group (laughs) date is not, that was a fear factor challenge. Like that was a group date. Yes. Yes. A group date is when you and your middle school friends all have to attend uh, a Harry Potter showing with two of your middle school friends who are <laughs> on a date and you guys have to go on a group date for those two people to hold hands. Yeah. Or like smooch. Mm-hmm. So that's what a group date is. This was a fear factor challenge. And um, yeah, like there are feminist uh, theories and papers being written about it right now about um, the, the female gaze and the vulnerabilities of uh, masculine Olympian uh, aesthetics. I won't do that today. Um, I will say, getting back to um, our, our good pal Bennett, I have mm. a, a theory, which is that he is straight up American psycho, like has never felt anything in his life. Um, and that actually whenever he wants to show a woman he has emotion, he keeps like chili peppers in his pockets. <laughs> I could, that, I could that's see That's my it. theory. That's my theory. Cause I was like, Oh, like you've done this before. That's what I, think. <laughs> well, I, I, I agree. <laughs> there, there was a moment where he was like, I can't believe I'm getting so emotional. I didn't buy that for 10 seconds <laughs> with Tasha. Well, the other, the other thing I'll say about it is when we get to the, the later part of this group date where it's, you know, the cocktail party version of it. Um, Bennett's moment, which seemed very pre-planned and very like rehearsed was his moment of deep sharing was that he left somebody at the altar. And that was, (laughs) that was like his, yeah, it was really hard. I was like, wait, what? You ended it? What? I mean, I I get it, but I was like, oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah like so I could definitely see a little little American Psycho for sure. Yeah, betraying that woman and her entire family was a real aha moment for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So and so that was one of my questions for you guys at the cocktail party. Do you buy Bennett falling so fast? And I'm going to say you guys are saying no. Um, yeah, I'm going to say run is what I'm going to say. You run? I agree. Um, and then I thought it was interesting. So Luke and I have been big Riley fans for quite mm. some time. And I think her questions to these guys were kind of telling on where they rank. And Riley, she pulled, uh, are you going to be able to prioritize family over your job? And that seemed like really pointed, like, what did she see in Riley that made her even want to question that? I, I'm 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 going to flip that on you and say that I think Tasha is different than any other Bachelor Bachelorette, which is two that I've seen. Um, in the sense of she intentionally has been asking those like hard hitting questions since day one, yeah. right? With everybody, some and for the first while there, <clears throat> it was why are you single, which I think was a good one as well. <clears throat> sorry um and then but yeah i mean she asked like i think the one that kenny screwed up was she asked him you know why are you so um smart ass all the time he's like oh that's just kind of my personality i do that all the time he's, she's like oh so you would be smart ass when you're meeting my parents 
He was like, ah, no, of course not. So like, I hear you, but I don't think that that was necessarily um, a bad thing. That's what I'll say. I think she, she evenly distributes that wealth. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that so many of the conversations are around divorce. So she's been divorced. Brendan's been divorced. Damar talked about how that's a real fear for him because his parents were divorced a couple of times. And even Bennett talked about that his parents had a really have never had a good relationship. So it's really interesting to me that they, you know, they're all bringing up these really um, kind of, kind of deep things about marriage and stuff like that. So Tasha is doing a good job of getting them um, into the deep questions. Yeah. And just so we're clear, David, you know, when Luke mentioned that she's the most unique bachelor, he, I think, confessed like 10 times that he's in love with her. Oh, so. full on, full force. Yeah. Oh, okay. So so there's a, a bit of bias, we might say. Oh, absolutely. Yes. No, isn't absolutely. She, I don't want to assume things about seasons I haven't seen, but I will say, isn't she of the more higher educated of the Instagram influencers that we've had on the show? Is that, is that right? <laughs> I don't know if that's I, I I don't know if that's true, but she's old she's older. So I think the last few rounds of Bachelorettes have been very young. So I think mm-hmm. she's twenty nine, um, which isn't old by any stretch. But I think um, I I just think that she has a lot more life experience than a lot of them. She'd been married before. She's pretty mature. So I I definitely think you're seeing something different. Um, in in the way that she carries herself knowing that she was there for nine days like we do know she wasn't putting them at risk for covid we do know that right right don't you like to imagine her like in some sort of like big camera studio like um (laughs) like kind of like the truman show and she's like watching them and actually gaining so much intel on them before she meets them do we think that's possible it doesn't sound like it. Of course, they would never spill that tea. I, I heard her interviewed and it sounded like it was this big drama to get her there. Um, she she had been considered for The Bachelorette before and um, and then wasn't selected. And so she was like, don't call me about this again. And then they kind of, I think they must have figured out that Claire's season wasn't going the way they wanted it to go. So they had to bring her in and it sounded really fast and furious and, and she didn't know when she came in, she didn't know what had happened. Okay. So she just knew we're filming on this thing. Like you're going to be back in the game. Like, okay. So maybe I'm wrong, but I like to imagine that she's just like, is like the big brother of them. And that's how she can ask so many tough questions, but she's done it before too. That would probably help. So full transparency right now, this whole time I've just been sitting here reeling she really is an Instagram influencer, isn't she? I think so now. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what her career was prior to this, oh. but usually that's, you know, that I think that's kind of what you end up doing. That's just, oh. I liked her so much more before I heard that. Can we just erase that memory from my head, please? <laughs> Damn it. I feel bad. I was making a blanket statement about the type of other girls and now I've thrown her under the bus. No, but I think you're right is the problem. I just popped open her her bachelorette biography and I'm the only thing they reference in terms of a career is that she hosts a clickbait with Bachelor Nation podcast. This is a brand new podcast they just started. So I'm like, oh yeah. that's tough. But hey, she's a cool Instagram influencer. So we're yeah, so she, she's cool. <laughs> and then the only other date I want to talk about is Zach C. So she definitely has some chemistry with Zach C. Mm. Um, I, I do enjoy that some of these men are a little bit more dorky, for lack of a better word. Like just, um, you know, they're not all polished like Bennett. And I really like that. And she seems to like that as well. What did you guys think of of their interaction? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely got that vibe too. And it reminds me that like, you're seeing the sort of like franchise like kind of like evolve, like, and I also remember there was in early seasons, there were like nerdy guys, but to be like, I'm a tech bro. Like they were like, kind of like douche nerds, <laughs> yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. And now and, that's um, like most of the douches is just like a, a high quality tech salesman from Silicon Valley. But um, I was confused. Is there a Zach and a Zach C? Like like Heather no. is from, from high school? Or he's just Zach C with a C? 
So he's Zach C because there was another Zach, just like Jordan C is Jordan C because there was another Jordan, but they're now, not there. Yeah, they're not there anymore. So I don't okay, know. that confused yeah. me. I kept looking around. Right. And I was like, "Where's his his twin?" But yeah, yeah. I, I definitely felt um, him him open up to her. Yeah, and I really appreciate how she does the roses. Now we're used to it, so it's very unusual for somebody for her to say. Well, Bennett, I really enjoyed our conversation and Blake or whoever. I really enjoyed our conversation and Brand or Zach. I loved our conversation, but I'm going to give the rose to Zach. So I kind of feel like she's telling these guys that they're safe as mm. she's doing that. I don't know, but I you definitely know who the front runners are when she's getting prepared to hand out a rose. Yeah. So I call that the blue balls moment, David, um, because they're like, oh, me? Oh, not me. Um, but <laughs> I see, I, I would have said that as well. But then we saw last week. So, David, to give you some recap on why Ben had to go visit her late night. Um, yeah. So last week, I believe it was last week, right? Where she, so she did one of those to him and he did not get the rose. But it was like a, hey, buddy, you're safe, right? So then they go on another group date later that episode. And he's like, I'm going to wait for her to come to me. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm in no position where I need to be rushing to go talk to her. And then it gets to the end of the night and he never talked to her. And she was pissed. And as we saw tonight, I think she was more upset than either of us mom thought that she was, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And so I get, I keep talking. Ben's one of our front runners. So. <clears throat> Um, Zaxi gets the rose. I don't know anymore. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have so speaking of Instagram influencers, I don't know that he's an influencer, but I was talking to Luke about this. So he's very built. He is a he's jacked. Yeah, he has huge muscles, and he was in the. You need to fan yourself off. Yeah, I'm fanning yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, and his Instagram account—that's all he posts—is him. Uh in the gym shirtless i think today there was a cat so you know i th- does that make him you know a little more deep i don't think mm. so he just he's he, he doesn't feel very deep to me when i when i see his instagram but he seems like a sweet man but he goes to see Tasha because he is feeling bad about not taking care of her so what did you think of that move i again felt the strong hand of the producers on that um i wrote i think ben is doing only what the producers say he is not in any way genuine really so i i have to say watching his instagram i'm kind of i'm i'm starting to go in that way so the com the comments that luke was making last night were Oh yeah, she's really dressed like that when somebody comes and shows up at her door. I mean, that, that's something Charles and I talked about when he was watching. He was like, "Why does she look so bad right now?" And bad is a good thing now, though. But okay. um, bad like, is good. Yeah, but um, no, I'm I'm with you, and also the heavy hand of the producers on Ed not being that able to was find awful. her place. Like, he got screwed. I don't care about Ed. <laughs> Fuck Ed. I don't. I don't but, like uh, Ed either. <laughs> but yeah, I w- I actually would agree with you. So uh, full disclosure. David, up until this point, Ben has been one of my favorites, if not my favorite. I'm like, oh, I like this guy a lot. He's got some like depth to him. I think he's got a real shot. And this episode, I was like, eh, I don't know. I just, I didn't like the way he handled that whole conflict with her. Um, uh, I think he did what she wanted. So that was, but I agree with you. It seemed like it was just like a, oh, here's what she wants. So I'm going to do that temporarily. But did he... I did like that he apologized. Not everybody apologizes. But is that not just to save yourself? Like, was that, I don't feel like that was an apology because he really felt bad. I think it was an apology to save his ass. Yeah, because he got in trouble because she said. And he was, he got scared. Okay, I got in trouble and I haven't had a chance to like up my reputation again. And so here I am. I still say though, they have the most makeout chemistry. Yeah, well, she definitely finds him attractive. I think that's pretty clear. That's what I'm saying, though, is like you can kind of tell who the guys are that she's really into because she gives them extra breaks, like the Ivan over Damar. I think Damar's was probably better, but she gave it to Ivan. Yeah, yeah. I will say, if you if some if a suitor woke me up at two thirty in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> that's just like that would work. Um, I think, and then had a tray of champagne. Like you should bring me like a peppermint tea. Yeah. Or like yeah. I do not <laughs> want to drink sugary champagne at two thirty in the morning. Like, but that window is 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 limited, and you missed it. 
fucking missed it. But yeah, she's just sitting there, hair and makeup done, uh, shirt tied up into a crop top, and nice sweatpants, nice like Gymshark sweatpants or something like that. I'm like, let's. What is a Gymshark sweatpant? It's a it's a brand. Oh, I don't know. Alrighty. I'm sure you could get them from a discount if you go to I, the store. And yes, the exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I'm with you. That was this episode, especially. A lot of them feel that way, but this episode, especially, just felt very influenced by the people behind the scenes. So the big produced moment for me was the Ed and the yeah. Chris Harrison yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, you know, huh, that was just terrible. And I don't know if, and it wasn't funny. They no. weren't funny. It was awkward. And Chris um, was a bad actor about it. He shows up and he's like, oh, you were looking for Tasha's place? Same with him, though. Also looking fine at 2.30. You know, he's sitting there with like a collared shirt, his hair all done up, like yeah. bottle of wine ready to go. Um, right. But he's like, oh, yeah, Tasha's place? That's on the other side of the resort. Not even like, oh, hey, her place is down the down the road. Why don't you go knock on it? Take it left and right. How big can this place be? Am I right? Like, come on. Yeah. Um, Isn't it a La Quinta? It is a La Quinta. Yes. Wow. And they let dogs at the La Quinta, too, so... There you go. <laughs> we did get to see dogs earlier in the season, so that's there you have yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we definitely did. That's good insight. <laughs> so then let's move on to Noah. And I D- David, I'm very curious about your first impression about Noah because Noah um I I never want to I never want to call give somebody a wrong give I want to give them the benefit of the doubt is what I would uh-huh. say. Yeah. And I think, I think we found our villain. Luke and I have been looking for the villain through the entire season, but yeah. I think we might've found yeah, him. You're right. I don't want to admit it, but you're right. Um, yeah. And I just have to say, I watched this episode with my boyfriend um, and it was, he was jumping in knowing absolutely nothing. And he <laughs> scammed with the Freddie Mercury little porn stash. Right. And then it disappears yes. through the episode. And he and I were both like, Mary, that is one of those models from LA who's like the gay guy who came on for attention. Like, and I, again, like, I think everyone should live their truth and I don't want to like be, um, that's just like when two gay guys watch the show, that was the vibe we got like immediately. So anyway, so he, he's like, um, prepping Thanksgiving dinner and just hearing it, just hearing what's happening. And, um, and Noah's like tattling right on, um, truly tattling on the boys, but not even tattling being like, oh, like, oh, people have doubted your judgment because they were mean to me. Like, and um, and Andrew said, oh, that's like absolutely something like uh, I would have done to like my female friends in high school. I was like, yeah, it's a very gay teenager boy thing to do, to go to the girl <laughs> and just say, oh, just to stir up some shit. He goes, that's absolutely what I would do. I was like, yeah, you were a gay teenage boy. So, uh, that's my stance. That's my stance on Noah. Um, I'm not trying to suggest that he is gay. His behavior felt gay teen. Mm. Yeah. So what I said about this moment was, and I think it backfired on him a little bit more than he thought it would. I think it had more of an impact than he thought it would. But this was an elite level play from him. I'm a big Survivor fan. And my dad and I were talking through this. He was like, because so he also popped in knowing nothing for about five minutes. And he saw this whole thing go down and he was like, Luke, but wasn't that a great survivor play? And in terms of the tribe, yep. no, the tribe's going to kill him. So that's probably not good. But Tasha, so if she has to go back to the group and defend to them why she picked him, she's going to be that much more entrenched in why she picked him and that much more confident in her pick more as a defensive stance than that she actually likes him. But he's he just solidified his spot for a few more weeks and the move the move about this usually when they go and tattle they go tattle on a particular person mm-hmm. and so and so then the bachelorette can go you know grab that person and have a discussion with him he threw everyone under the bus savage. nobody savage. knew she doesn't know who it was so it left her in this really <laughs> awkward position of like i'm just pissed at you all yeah. and it it was a bold move well but we get to see next episode that it quickly devolves into just him and Bennett. Yeah. And she's going to have to deal with that whole thing. So we definitely have to talk about Bennett and some of his one-liners because they are pretty funny. Mm, (laughs) I do have some of them written down. Uh, I think he refers to Noah as a 14 year old. Mm. And then I also think he said he doesn't have time to breastfeed this child. (laughs) (laughs) Bennett just seems to me as the guy that grew up in this like, 
elitist just very obvious right but like this elitist company and then now thinks that he's so much more mature but it's like i think the rest of the guys someone like an ivan or a riley or an easy are sitting here like why am i after dealing with you two 14 year olds like right. what's going on like you think you're up here but you're arguing with the 14 year old so it's like the parent who's arguing with their kid who's who's really the immature one there I will say I liked Bennett's jacket last night, though. That was my favorite jacket. So it did look good. There was some there were some whack outfits there. Can we can we talk about that really quick, David? Did you have any um any thoughts on any of the guys outfits that you saw? Oh, wow. Um, I also <laughs> I love that there's a little fashion corner. I wish I'd taken more specific notes, but it seemed to me that some of the guys and I, was it. Uh, oh gosh, it was either uh, uh, Blake or someone else makes the choice to like not wear a tie and like sh- try to show non-existent chest hair. Mm. I really hate. I really hate it when they dress like that. Like they're yeah. in some sort of like like they're too cool for the middle school dance. I don't know who did that. <laughs> I I think it might have been Blake. That might have but... been. It might have been Kenny. Kenny's the boy oh. band manager with all the tattoos on his chest. Mm-hmm. So his is like reveal it, show the the tattoos. I, and his mm-hmm. big thing was. Oh yeah, I never had. I've never worn a suit before. I had to buy one just to be on this show because he's so, that so like that. Casual oh god, guy. yeah, that definitely must have been Kenny. I thought that it just I felt it was disrespectful um, <laughs> yeah. to her. Yeah. Well, and then we were we were having a really hard time with Ben in his boots. So he had like and Luke, like Luke says this is the style. I don't uh, even well, know what it's. You know, I'm gonna is. defer to you, David. But so he was wearing chaka boots with like white white and red let's say striped socks and then he had his khakis rolled up you know a couple inches over the boot i don't i don't have any problem with that but when you're wearing that with a blue top of your suit and a white shirt i was just like what are you going for right now the bottom half of you looks casual top half of you you're wearing a suit Okay, I don't know you. what chocolate boots are, so I, I Google them, and the only thing that shows up is women's chocolate boots. Um, but but I will say with the um, with um, the socks, yeah, it's like such a very it feels does feel like kind of like a douchey Ivy League, like oh look at my look at my bitchy socks, but if they don't match, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> well, and, and then you have a tie, you it's, have a tie, and then those boots, yeah. like it, it doesn't it doesn't work. Chucka boots is C H U K K A, if that helps. Oh, but, okay, that did. Sorry. <laughs> so so those are the kind of boots he's wearing, but like. Regardless, it's not. I'm not sitting here talking about that. My point is, I don't like how we've got formal on the top, like super formal on the top, and then like super casual on the bottom. I'm with you. Kind of almost came off disrespectful. How do you not match your suit jacket to your pants? There was a lot of that. Ed with a pink jacket and blue pants. Oh my gosh, I feel. <sighs> I kind of feel sorry for Ed because uh, my husband walked in again, <laughs> and last episode they were making fun of his legs. And again, I don't want to make call him chicken legs. They call, All him, the other chicken guys legs. call him chicken and, legs. And the first thing that Andy said was, "Oh my god, look at that man's legs!" And I was like, "He said chicken legs." This poor guy, <laughs> dude. When oh. you look like when you look like a thumb and you act like a dumbass, I have no. I know. I, I don't I like it. Ed. I hate, I hate Ed. that I was feeling bad. Hit for leg him. day, buddy. Hit like day. That's all that needs to happen. <laughs> so Ed also like um he has a really short neck too. He looks like, like <laughs> yeah. a, a cartoon character. Yep. Um yes. like if I were if I were a political cartoonist, he would be easy to render. But is yes. the leg thing, which I didn't see, is it like he skipped a leg day kind of shame? Is that is that the premise? Yeah, it's just it's just that like He's so bulky on the top and clearly doesn't do any work on the bottom. And we've seen him doing like, uh, there were a lot of memes about him. He was doing a, a trap lift. So it's like you're holding the holding the um, weights and you're doing shoulder shrugs. And I guess there were a lot of memes about that. But he, I don't know. It's he, just, they were like, maybe do that for your legs, buddy. He know. reminds <laughs> me of a rock'em sock'em robot. Yes, that's, out. wow. That is really Woo! accurate. No neck and just a blockhead. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, I, I'm not usually this mean, but I really don't like this dude, just from any perspective. He's he, he needs to get out of here. So this is the first time. So so Tasha reacts not well to Noah um, making this accusation. And I did notice this. So she comes in. She's mad. She tells people if they aren't there, you know, if they think she's not being authentic, they can leave. Then they go right to the rose ceremony. And usually before a rose ceremony, the bachelor or bachelorette will 
just say, you know, this is a really hard decision, blah, blah, blah. You know, they'll give a little intro, nothing. She didn't say a thing. She just started calling out names. So I think she was still really shook. Um, but this is the first time that we see people go home that we that we have connection with. And I have to say that I was very sad to see Joe go home. Oh, so he's it, the, the internet loves him. I saw after the fact. He got they a lot do. Of they do. And he's he's an anesthesiologist in Brooklyn, I think, or in he's he's in New York. I think he is in New York. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and he just I am sad about that. So we will definitely see him on Paradise. Luke, Luke and I had a conversation about whether so. he would be the bachelor. He's not he's I mean, maybe a, I don't know how Paradise works, but like he's such a quiet dude, like such a little nerdy dude. Like there's no way he's gonna fan favorites. Yeah. Everybody yeah. likes him. Chasen, we were okay with leaving because he was just causing drama. He's just kind of a douche. And then Jordan C, we just never really got to see him. Yeah, but I liked well, how he had, a, he had a head on his shoulders. I like that about him. He's better than half the guys here. Knowing that Joe had a stark quality, do you think in a sliding doors universe without gay villains, and why do we always have to be villains, but um, um, <laughs> had Joe been given the, more of a chance to shine at the cocktail party? Like, had this uh, Hail Mary you know, yeah. not happened, do, yes. do you think he could have, do, do you think that, yeah, he might have risen to the plate, potentially? I, I would argue that for Jordan C. I think Jordan C could have done really well. He's he got screwed over by Noah last week. He got his time cut short and then he also didn't got get to talk to her tonight. Joe, no, I, I personally think Joe was was out. He's he is a very like as nerdy as Ivan seems, as like um introverted or whatever, Joe is that times a million. But he so He's like again quirky, super quirky. You know, try as for research I try to follow on these Instagram um accounts and he's he's kind of funny like he's he's clever funny yeah he's like poke fun at myself i'm i'm nerdy and goofy funny yeah i like i like that but i'm just saying i don't think that's a winning formula for bachelor in paradise or to be the actual bachelor yeah all right so i'm gonna kind of summarize this so i'm gonna ask you guys some questions and David, I'm really curious about your answers, and and it, we're kind of throwing this at you, so you okay. might need help with characters. But oh, might need help. Um, so, and I'll start with Luke, and then I'll let you jump in. Who's your front runner right now? Yeah, I was just looking at that. <sighs> well, well, the yeah, episode would lead me to say, um, yeah, uh, I, I, but I. I, I wonder, it seems, I, I have, like, a, a suspicion that, like, Ivan is the type of character they want us to get all the way to the end. And then she's like, oh, I just don't feel the spark. And I have that kinetic, you know, uh, make-out energy with, um, mm. uh, yep. um, with uh, was it, was it uh, Ben, right? Or no? Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I have, I'm making a prediction. And looking into my tea leaves, I see that Ivan becomes the internet boyfriend and that Ben becomes the front runner. I agree completely because you really got the friend vibe. Even though I really liked that game yeah. date, it was a it was a friend date yeah. and you didn't see that chemistry with Ivan. Which makes me really sad because you know that would just be the perfect ending to this story, but yeah, I think I think my front runner is Ben as well. I would say I would say Zach in a in a oh, and then a deep Zach shot I'm going to take is Spencer. So um spencer obviously doesn't have a lot of like uh deep conversations or anything like that to build off of her deep connection but if he gets that opportunity i think he's already kind of in with her in terms of just looks she thinks he's really good looking but zach i think is one of those guys we're going to see last a long time because she has both what you guys are talking about like he has been able to do well with her in more intimate settings from a physical perspective, like she's clearly into him. And also he's been able to have good conversations with her, but I don't like him the best at all. I really don't like him actually. So it's, it's and sad I, for me to see it. Some of my favorite guys are not going to get any time easy. Riley. Yeah. <sighs> and I think, uh, I always get it wrong. Brendan. I think it's Brendan. I think he also is a potential. Yes. Oh, runner. I did not say Brendan. Yeah. Also Brendan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So for me, the fall off the radar guy this week was Spencer because we didn't see anything with Spencer. Now he wasn't on dates or anything, yeah. but he's kind of quieted down. I think, see, but I think he's in in, ter- in line for a one-on-one coming up or something like that. Okay. I will say the guy who fell off the radar for me is Riley. And I think we both agree on this. 
So we have been, uh, we've been Riley fans this whole time. So, and he's been great, but he, I think that chemistry ended when Claire left, he was really good at talking to her and being super smooth and, and he just had a great connection with her. So I wonder if he just got a little butthurt by her leaving and picking somebody else, but he is kind of, um, he's toned that down quite a bit. And who's your most cringy character? Hmm. I mean, I've made it clear. I've made it clear. I think uh, what my uh, that Bennett gave me like the eeks a bit, but um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I do think that um, I don't know. I cringe more at someone like Noah, who is like young and obviously not here to find love. Like I, I, I cringe more at why he's doing what he's doing yeah rather than what his behavior is or what actually was said and what actually happened if that makes sense i do think that bennett might be authentically kind of (laughs) uh, a douchebag but i also he wrote (laughs) he wrote oh i I can't let Bennett get away with this he seems to be here for her stature her beauty and her prowess prowess (laughs) run run baby run away (laughs) see but he's like uh, actually, this is a. I listened to a McConaughey interview the other day when he was promoting his book, and one of the things he said was, "I'll take, I'll, I like nerds, but I don't like dorks. I'll take an asshole over a dork because a dork is somebody who's trying to be somebody they're not, and at least I know where the asshole stands. Like the dork is the guy who's just trying to be somebody else. Um, Bennett to me is the asshole. You know he's an asshole, so he, he, I kind of respect it in a way. He's very, he knows who he is. He's very confident in who he is, and I'm like, you know, I'd like for you not to be an asshole, but at least. I'll at least give you that. The guy who I think is really cringy is Blake. Blake is, oh, he's, he's tough. He's got that. So Blake is Canadian and he gives me the most like cringy Canadian vibes because he's just too nice. So she asked him during this episode, um, what would your exes say about you? What's the, what's the worst thing that your exes would say about you? Oh, I've got great relationships with all of my exes. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're, we're awesome. Yeah, I do <laughs> great. I got no weaknesses. I'm like, um, <laughs> And just the way he he really fell hook, line, and sinker for Claire and overplayed how much of a connection they had when I think that was very one-sided. Yeah. So he's he's cringy to me in that sense, in that he's this like hopeless romantic who is not able to look in the mirror. And he's like trying to act like he's the shit. I think for me it's a tie between Noah and Ed. Yeah, um, Ed's Ed's just a I he gotta want to punch him. Yeah, it's it's just not I feel a little sorry for Ed because Ed doesn't know that he's not great. Um, I think no one knows he's not great. So um, I, I think that's intentional. Whereas Ed just, you know, hasn't figured it out yet. And then I guess the last question I would ask you guys is who in that group would you want to go get a beer with? Hmm. Easy. Easy. It's easy. It's easy. easy. I, everybody likes him. Yeah. He's not going to do well in terms of the bachelorette, but he's, He's a cool dude. I think, okay, so I'm going to take the showbiz perspective. Mm, Um, I think that I wrote that um, Damar had the best song. Maybe I could pitch him like a whole album or a sort of cookbook for coffee songs and things like that. I think if if we did a coffee date about Mocha Latte and and it's a visual album, I think think we would have something iconic by the time we were done hanging out. But I did write that Zach had some star quality and some perfect rhymes. So maybe he and I Mm. could write some country songs together. I think that um, (laughs) I'm going to have to be two on that. I think we're going to have to... Um, what what do you do on Instagram when you want them to look at listen to your podcast? What? You do something? DM, DM them. DM them. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to DM them and be like, we need you to talk to David about a, a mocha latte album. Slide into Demar's DMs. Exactly. Like collab. Collab. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just collab? Question mark. And for me, if it were who would I want my daughter to bring home, it would definitely oh. be I- it would be Ivan. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, he's an engineer. He's smart. He's he's got a skill set. I like engineers. I'm married to one, yeah, so you true. know that's that's a thing. He's Maybe. just he's just a little too like. I feel like the exactly what you guys were talking about, like the sexual energy isn't there. Like he's a little too nice. Yeah, he's a little too like nice guy down the street type. Yeah, thing. he's just always going to be the friend zone guy. I feel like. All right, but she's not going to meet their families, right? 
I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Cause her, if, if they bring parents in, they would have to um, quarantine quarantine for 14 days. But let's, but the weird thing is let's think about every week we've seen new like guests, right? So last week it was the UFC uh, champion. I forget her name. And then we've seen some of Tasha's friends and previous bachelorettes come in and stuff like that. So it must not be that hard. So well, maybe, I mean, when everybody's working from home, you can do whatever. Right. So I guess if they have access to a ton of tests, maybe that's how they're doing it. But yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe that, maybe it's not a fourteen-day quarantine. Maybe it it's that's what I'm saying. I don't think three negative tests and you're good to go. I think that's probably more likely. That's how it worked with like sports this year, with yeah. the NHL, NBA, stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know. All right, David. So you know, if you hang in for this season, I think I'd like to get you and Kaylee on one of our pods. Ooh, that I could be a good that. collab. That would be a great, <laughs> yeah, collab. At K that episode title will just be yeah, David Gomez <laughs> X K Marshland, and we'll, and we'll get it going. Yeah, and maybe you guys can collab on a little um, ditty for us or mm, something. No, that we need nice. a ditty. I would Don't love you think? No, I love. I've been loving hearing Kaylee's music on uh, on the on the intro and and the yeah and yeah so no fun. we yeah. we love her we love having her music on the podcast. We never give her credit. We should give her credit at the end of the show. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Let's do it now. Song you're about to hear by Kaylee Marshall. by Kaylee Marshall, my sister, your daughter, and your favorite K at K Marshall <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> Well, David, thank you so much for joining us. It was a thrill to have you. It's always fun yeah, to have different you, perspectives. Oh, I had a blast. And here's to hoping that the next time we see each other, we'll all be very safe. We'll be in another cozy bar and we'll just, mm. and all, we'll have blinked and, you know, it will all have been a distant dream. I cannot wait. Sounds I cannot wait. Have a lovely holiday with your family. Yeah. Season's greetings. Yeah. Same. And uh, we will hopefully see you in person soon. Yeah, okay. Bye, y'all. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm not the kind of girl that you're taking pictures with, that you're seeing in the daylight. You're not the kind of girl that you're eating breakfast with, that you're talking about to your friends. Not the kind of girl you bring home to mama.